Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Ed. This is Kevin. And we come to you um, with the most shocking headline of all time. Uh, we haven't seen this in nearly 20 years now, but our UCLA football team is 6-0 and for the first time since 2005 um, with the recent upset of number... What were they, 11, 12, Utah at the time. And this is a wild feeling. I, I don't even know what to do. You know what's even crazier is it's not just that we won the game. We won these two games back-to-back so convincingly. And, and again, don't let these final scores fool you. Uh, this was about to be a four-score route until we had you know the turnover at the end of the game there. Um you know, this was about to be a four-score game. The previous game, I thought, was pretty convincing until the last five to six minutes. Uh, so many things are shocking right now. The, the fact that we're 6-0 for the first time since 2005. The fact that we have beaten what is for sure a very good team now with Utah. And, and I, think, I think they'll prove that this weekend against SC. We will see. We'll see how all that goes. Um, and then... The most shocking of all of it is that this is not a fluke. This is for real. I mean, this looks like a real team right now. And this offense, I mean, this is what we hired Chip Kelly for. When we hired Chip Kelly and we thought about the great offenses that Oregon and all those teams used to have, this is what we thought we were going to get. And it's taken a while to get here in a roundabout way, and it's not even worth discussing it at this point. But but when we thought we were getting Chip Kelly... This is what we thought we were getting. Just innovation on all parts of the offense. Explosive plays. You know what the, the, the best stat about this last game was? Uh, you know, what, we, what is it? So, Lay it on me. So, so we outgained Utah 502 to 479. Um, right? So it doesn't seem like a very big discrepancy there. We did it on so many fewer plays. I mean, that, that was like... The really crazy part of this, and I did the math. We on twenty fewer plays, we got thirty, thirty, well, almost thirty more yards than them. So like, when we had the ball, we were so explosive going down the field, and I mean, we lost the time of possession battle, which we thought we would need to win, but it didn't matter because every time we had it, it was like big play, big play, big play, boom, 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 and it was just. It, it, it was it was a clinic it was it was beautiful to watch and and it was it was big play after big play when we really needed it to it felt like any time uh utah was trying to get some momentum or they were kind of clawing back and hanging in the in the balance the offense answered with something big i mean that um logan loya 70 yard touchdown comes to mind but I, I also want to call it the defense also came up with some clutch plays throughout this game as well. But it felt like every time Utah seemed to be kind of gaining that momentum. And I remember sitting there in the Rose Bowl thinking, all right, here, here, here's the downfall. This is where it all falls apart. We always seem to kind of come up with something out of the hat. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a joy to see. And you know, you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. There's, you know, all the reasons we, we can say and talk about, and we have talked about, about how and why we got here and why it took so long. I, I'm For the rest of the season, unless the season completely 
falls apart and all those chickens come home to roost, like, I'm not even going to think about that. I'm not even going to think about the long-term kind of implications or potential, you know, sustainability of the season. I I just want to enjoy this. Like, I don't know when the next time is we're going to have a season where, you know, UCLA is being legitimately talked about potentially winning the Pac-12, potentially going to a Rose Bowl, potentially going to the playoff. I like the fact that I can say that and not sound completely insane <laughs> is um is this feeling that I, I feel like we have not felt in a very long time. Um, not to mention, like, our players are getting the recognition. Like, Zach Charbonnet and especially DTR, they are getting legitimate Heisman hype and legitimate... Their names are legitimately in that Heisman conversation. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're going to win it. I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, they or better than some of the other Heisman candidates right now, though in my opinion, DTR is playing as well as any quarterback in the country, even CJ Stroud. Uh, but the fact that those you can seriously say, hey, DTR is a guy that should be considered uh, as a Heisman candidate right now. Um, we haven't had that in a very long time, not especially two guys, but maybe the last guy that was even sniffing that conversation was probably Brett Hundley. Um, and he never got to this level. And I love Brett no. Hundley, but he, he was never at this too. level, right? Um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be even more bold than you just were. Uh, we, we have two legit Heisman candidates on our team. And, and everything is in front of us right now. So when we did this last week, we talked about how if we beat Utah, so many things are going to be in front of us. And not only do we beat them, we beat them in a certain way to where all those things, they actually feel achievable. Like, I, don't, I really don't think it's crazy if we look at our schedule right now. I mean, we don't have Georgia on our schedule, right? Um, the way our offense is playing, I thought about this. And, and after, the, after the game, you know, David Woods from Bruin Report Online, like he, he did a a segment and he talked about how he thinks that there are probably four teams in the country or so that could probably slow down our offense and so I thought about that it's like who actually could slow this offense down like who could actually do it and I just started looking through all the rankings and I thought I mean I think Georgia could slow us down because they got NFL players all over the place so I think they could do it Alabama I think could because just because i'm saying they're bama so yeah you know what they they probably could but honestly i I feel like we could move the ball like to some respectable level there i don't think we could score 42 points the rest of them i'm I'm looking at the like the 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 top 25 right now uh we would move the ball well on ohio state Uh, i've watched enough ohio state to know that uh we, we would move the ball well on them um clemson they got a great defensive line so that's the great equalizer there I think Michigan, we would move uh, to some degree. And the rest of them, I mean, I don't think there is anybody that we're going to play that is going to slow, that has the capability to completely shut our offense down. And therefore, with, two, a chance. with two legit Heisman candidates and Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing the way that he is, Every, everything's in front of us right now. We could go 11-1 and one and make it to the Pac-12 title game. We could get two guys in New York at the end of the year. Um, and maybe this ends up as a disappointing 10-2. Imagine that. Imagine this This ends up a disappointing 10-2. How about that? 
it <laughs> it's funny because it's uh, at the beginning of the season. I feel like we we were projected to win like ten games, um, and I think you and I were both kind of like, you know, that would be the peak of this team if we could get ten games. Like we would be. We don't think it's going to happen, but we'd be happy with it. Now, if, you're right. It would be disappointing. It feels like, oh, so much potential lost. Um, Expectations but... have been reset for, for this team, uh, and, and in a good way. They've earned that. They, they've played so well that I think they've earned it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and they're earning it with style. And, and you know, we, we talk a lot about the offense, and the offense is going to carry this team to where it goes at the end of the day. But I do want to shout out the defense. I think the defense is playing well enough to make sure that we are in games. Like we're not they're not a complete pushover anymore. And we're we're able to hold our own enough um to where we're respectable. We're at, at least like average right now on defense. Like our secondary, you know, we've we've talked about the issues there, but our run defense has been solid decent to solid our linebackers are playing significantly better um you know Muasau had his best game of the season not only with that interception for, but forcing fumbles and you know he's kind of all over the field and the d-line and latu i mean we talked about it uh, after the game against washington but that kid is going to be playing on sunday like i have no doubt in my mind if he stays healthy and he keeps doing what he's doing out there like he's playing on Sunday he's nobody's been able to stop him and I don't see anybody being able to stop him the way he's been he he's a man on fire um and so I I the the offense obviously and deservedly gets all the the acknowledgement and praise but I do want to shout out the defense and you know give them some kudos too so we said before the year we would need to try to improve we would need the offense to stay at the level it was and we would need the defense to improve to a top 50 level if we were then going to go on to be nine and three and then eventually reasonably complete compete for the conference through six games what has happened is that right now in total offense we have the number six rated offense in the country uh fun fact the team we're playing next is number five uh, or in oregon but anyways we'll save that for another day um and now in total defense right now, UCLA is 40th. And I think that was like top 50 was the sweet spot. When we start to get to the 40 range, I think what we saw against Utah was the perfect example of complementary football, right? Like on, on offense, we're taking pot shots left, right, and center. And then Utah, they got yards. Again, they on, we only outgained them by, you know, so many yards there. They got 492 yards. But they had to work for it, and they had to go 10, 11 plays uh, down the field. Uh, they, they would get into third and fives, third and fours, and be forced to convert. And that's the way that they had to go down, and that's why we were able to force a couple of field goals. We got a turnover in there um, and then put them in a pressure situation where they had to go for it on fourth down. Uh, the defense right now, again, it's not an abomination like it's been in the past few years, and it's at an above average level right now right top 40 defense again that's the sweet spot because the way our offense is playing we're going to have the lead um, and we're going to be able to you know take some chances to where if we're if 
if the goal is to make a team go 12 to 14 plays down the field, that's going to work for us because we have big play capability that I don't think many on our schedule are going to have. Yeah, I mean, give give Bill McGovern credit. I know we've we've um, disparaged some of the moves he's been making in terms of running like softer coverages and whatnot in certain situations, but he he's come in and taken what uh, Azanaro basically had as one of the worst defenses, uh, defensive units in the country and in the history of UCLA football, and has really turned it around. So I, I give him credit for some of this uh, this improvement. And it's been, it's been really a big leap, which is wild to say, considering we're still not saying we're like the best, a great defense or the best defense, but just a good enough for an average defense. That's all we've been asking for. And um, McGovern has been luckily quickly able to to turn it around. So it's been, um, that's been very, very helpful. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I will, I wanted to say two things though about this, this game against Utah I did not like. Um, I'll start with the first one. And this is going to be very nitpicky, but the decision to throw the ball that led to DTR's pick six. Why were we throwing the ball? Why? So again, the score was forty-two to twenty-five at that time, right? Uh, and I, I honestly thought that we could just run the ball through to the end zone and probably could have found points there, or just run the whole clock out. Um, yeah, not sure honestly why we were were throwing it. There. We were getting five, six yards every single run. To throw that pass was just incredibly stupid. They just sat on it and were able to pick it off and return it for that touchdown. And the I think what annoys me is you look at DTR's stat line. It was immaculate up to that point. <laughs> and and it does and in my opinion it doesn't even really diminish that much, but it just looks like someone like took a masterpiece and like threw some inkers like uh, threw some paint on it to like destroy it just a little bit. It was that's it. It was like irking me because that kid balled out, and then there's that one little thing at the end that int and it's just like ugh, didn't need to happen. Didn't need to happen. But what can you do? Second thing that really irked me, guys, show up to the games, <laughs> like. We we had a decent okay crowd, I guess. I think it was officially like forty forty one thousand people, something in that ballpark. I don't remember the exact number, but low forties. But it was a beautiful day. It wasn't that hot. Our team was ranked. We were playing a good ranked team. We we need to get the fans out there, like. This is getting, and, and I know we've talked about this, there's been so many factors, this and that, but it, it, I understand there's been a long-lasting, and again, we've talked about this impact of the last few years, but I'm full, fully in the camp at this point. Like, we should be showing up when the team is this good for the players. If you don't like Chip, that's fine. I don't blame you, but show up for these players who have put in the hard work from those those dismal years to get to the point where they're at right now. Um, 
And we should be, we need to, we need to create some semblance of a home, a home field advantage here. I'm going to hold off on talking about the attendance until these next three. So SE's going to always draw 90,000. It always has. Um, we're, we're very close to it. So I guess that aside, I'm going to hold off on attendance. I want to see what, what happens now with Stanford and Arizona and the remainder of the home games. Because again, uh, it's been a long ride here and you know now we are legit. There is no more excuses. This is it right like we, we cannot talk about it, it's going to be november or it's going to be late october the next time we have a home game so no more talking about heat no more talking about we don't have a good team uh none of that uh you know from, from now on we should like stanford homecoming you remember when we went to the homecoming game the week after we got ranked when we were in our senior year against arizona yeah um you know like that's what i hope to see going forward and and so I'll hold off talking attendance until until that point. The, the That's game fair. Now, now the game itself. Um, you know, I, I want to. I'm, I'm going to talk about a cu- one thing that I and and, and Chip Kelly. I, I think just was had an absolute masterful game. It, it just seemed like he was one step ahead every single time with the play calling and and really the the culmination of our team right now. I think we have a coach that knows exactly what play to call at what time based on defense, coverage, mismatches, all that stuff. And we have a quarterback who can execute everything that's thrown at him right now. So that's the sweet spot that we're in. And that's always when you see that's the special stuff happen. Like when you see, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, right? Like that kind of stuff is what we're seeing out of Chip Kelly and, and DTR right now. The one thing I'll say uh, going forward, um, when we get into goal to go situations, I, I want to stop messing around. Uh, Give the ball to Zach Charbonnet and let him find his way into the end zone, especially when we're inside the three yard line from now on, um, like, <laughs> right? Th- third and goal, we get three, cute. right? Like give, give Zach Charbonnet the ball and let him find the end zone. Um, that was the only criticism I had of chip at the very, at least in this game, uh, cause everything else hit and, and Utah, by the way, and I, I'm curious to see how Oregon does this too, because now DTR, he's got some notoriety, he's got some fanfare and all that, that stuff's coming to him. It seemed like Utah was playing DTR as if, you know, he was the DTR of years past. And every time there was a pressure down, like, you know, when after they scored and it was 28-25 and, you know, we needed a score and we got that intentional grounding play that that happened, which was a little questionable, but we got it. It seemed like every single time that happened, they're like, "All right, we're gonna send the house on this guy," um, and and DTR made him pay and pay badly on, on two different occasions that I can think of. Um, one is the touchdown uh, to uh, to Jake Bobo when it was third and goal, and they they brought they brought the blitz, and he found the hot read over the middle uh, to Jake Bobo. And the other one was the pass to Logan Loya, which I thought was an amazing play call by chip to against the blitz to clear everyone out, get your fastest guy, get him on a crosser and DTR. I mean, in years past, we might've, we might've seen him run backwards, um, give up some ground, right? Like all that stuff stands right in there. He knows what's coming. He's got the play he wants. Boom. Touchdown. And he made him pay badly, uh, you know, both times. And now, you know, Really curious to see what kind of treatment he gets going forward because I don't think teams are going to want to blitz us very much going forward. Um, you know, 
especially in, in all these big downs, because uh, when we do get those matchup advantages, it looks like we're, we're taking them and cashing in on them every single time. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. You're right. It's gonna be interesting to see what what teams do. Um, like the blitz, the blitz is not rattling him. Pressure doesn't rattle him anymore. He has this capability aspect of of being able to run and being an athlete. And there's always that that threat of him taking off. I I am very curious to see. Like what Oregon will throw at him and what some of these teams in the the next few weeks do, but it he, it is a kind of a double edged sword in that sense, right? Before DTR, I think his reputation was, you know, he had a good season last year, but people still were kind of like, eh, he's fine, he's he's talented, but you know, he has his warts. But I now that he's getting legitimate Heisman type hype, now it's like, oh shit. Like we we need to watch this tape and actually figure out like look at his tendency like he he is not going to be that guy anymore so how do you actually play him? Um, it will be curious to see what what they throw at him because um, it's it's very clear just throwing a bunch of pressure at him is not going to going to rattle him anymore. Isn't a isn't a problem for him as it was in years past. So now I think, you know. Obviously, we this is only two games back to back that we put together that are really good. But how about we just look at the schedule a little bit? So now, what are our expectations for the season? Because uh, we are six and zero. We are six and zero. We're undefeated in conference, and three teams right now are undefeated in conference. That's SC at four and zero. We are three and zero. Oregon is at three and zero. We got Oregon next. So. What are what are your expectations now going forward? If we beat Oregon, we go undefeated into the championship game at least. That that it sounds insane, and I've drank, but I've drank the Kool Aid, and I'm I'm all in here. If we beat Oregon, like I think that the sky's the limit here, barring we stay healthy. Um, obviously, that's always an obvious caveat with with football in general, but. Um, if we beat Oregon on the road in Otson against a, a, a very good Oregon team, then I, I, who else is stopping us in this this conference race? SC is good, but I have severe questions about their defense still. Um, they looked for a half very, very vulnerable to a mediocre Washington State team, right? Like, they've had... They haven't looked, I know they get applauded for their offense and blah, blah, blah. But like as a whole team, like they don't look incredible on the defensive side. Um, Oregon, I think, is really now the next big litmus test for me. Um, I'm not going to go into that game yet. I think we'll, we'll talk about that next week before the game. The other thing that I'm actually kind of afraid of for this up for that Oregon game though is this week off. Like, how do we utilize this time? Um, I know if you listen to the player uh, interviews, a lot of them talk about like this is an opportunity for them to get better, for the team to get better, to to practice and and keep improving as a team rather than game plan for Oregon. And I really hope that's how they approach it. Not, not necessarily, you know, just kind of rest on their laurels here and, um, 
get complacent. I, I, I think it's a really difficult thing to try to navigate is that off week with a big game. Um, an off week sandwich between two massive like program changing type games. Um, that being said, there's obviously the good pieces here, right? Like we can get healthy, we can get guys back hopefully, but, um, that that's the, there's a little bit of a, a scary aspect to having that off week. But I, like I said, we beat Oregon. I, I think we go undefeated in, into the, uh, Pac-12 game. Yeah. I think for this bye week, we got to try to get some of our, uh, second teamers, especially on the offensive line. Uh, and, and, I think both lines uh, up up to speed here. So, you know, the, the likes of Jalen Jeffries, Cialy um, Tupaki, you know, all, all these folks who haven't been playing, I think we got to get them up to speed because, you know, I'll tell you what, when Raekwon O'Neal went down at the end of the game, um, my my heart went up to my mouth because uh, we, are, we are untested there and, and he's been obviously very good uh, thus far. So I think the, the bye week hopefully is a chance to, to get some to build up some of that depth as well, so yeah, as we do look ahead, uh, Oregon is a big litmus test. I have, they're playing well right now. They've recovered from that thrashing from week one. Uh, now between Oregon and obviously we have the big one against SC, we've drawn a very favorable schedule, and I, it's been dangerous in the past to schedule watch as UCLA. Uh, but but right now the position that we're in and the wins we've gotten, uh, you would have to think that Stanford, Arizona at Arizona State, Arizona at Cal, uh, we should win those games uh, if if we want to compete for a, for a championship. And so the question really becomes, you know, I think if we beat if we beat Oregon this weekend, then I'm with you. I I I find it hard to believe. Definitely, I think at that point, we should be in the Pac-12 title game, regardless of what happens against SC <coughs> if we were to beat Oregon. Even otherwise, I, I think it is going to take you know a, a one-loss record to get to the title game. And if we do that, then then we're playing, I think, for a spot in, in the playoff at that point. Uh, just just uh, looking at how everything else is, is shaking out right now, um, you know, Michigan and Ohio State will play each other. Uh, you know, we've got to see Georgia and Alabama likely will also play each other. And then, you know, Clemson, we got to see what happens with them. So if we make it that far with the wins that we would get, um, I think we would be playing for that. So, wow, I'm really getting ahead of my skis here. But, uh, man, you know what? Like you said, I drank the Kool-Aid. We are getting ahead of ourselves, obviously. But uh, the fact that we can actually talk about this as, is a testament to how far we've come. I think even three weeks ago, after, even uh, like right after that uh, University of Southern Alabama game, like uh, even the game before then, like we had no idea what we had with this team. We were still not believing it. And, and uh, deep down inside part of me, I'm still kind of like uh, waiting to get heartbroken and waiting to get hurt. But like, it is validating to kind of hear the buzz around the program. It's nice to actually have a team to root for and have like have a serious potential contender on our hands and actually seriously be able to say that without actually like laughing at it or being laughed at. Um, and you know, this is the year 
shout out to Isaiah who predicts 10 and two every year. Um, who's, who's not, who's not with us today. Um, but I'll, uh, I've been uh, been meaning to text him, but you know this is the year he should have been beating that drum all over the place loudly and clearly because now it it's it sounds and feels like it's a realistic goal. And to your earlier point, like could be a letdown even if that happens. So um, uh, I'm just enjoying this for the time being. Uh, I, yeah, who we'll knows what really happens. Yeah, we'll enjoy the ride. We don't know what's but what the long term looks like. We don't know. I mean, we we, we do know what happened in the past several years, and none of it matters right now, uh, because it looks like we got a good team, and 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 we should enjoy that when it happens. Because the reason we do this, uh, right, and the reason that you want to have any rebuilding year or long term success is so that someday you will win a conference championship, and someday you will have the opportunity to compete uh, for the really big prizes. And it looks like, as of right now, you know, we have a chance to do that. So long-term success, whatever. Like, that, that's, that's irrelevant right now. We haven't won a conference championship since 1998. I, I think it's, it's high time we try to compete and get into that conversation and just get it done. Yeah, and, and the other things follow suit, right? When you start consistently getting into that conversation and, and winning those things, I think... Um, you know, I've seen buzz around and been hearing just even recruiting, high school recruiting. Um, you know, kids are taking notice and, and are talking about UCLA now. They're noticing what's going on. And, you know, the the process, whatever Chip Kelly went through the last few years with these players and with this team and program, like, you know, after some buy-in and after whatever process has happened, like there's some results here. So I think we've always said this, right? Like there needs to be tangible evidence that the process is working and the first four or five years didn't show that. Now we're finally getting to that point where it show we're seeing the results of that process. And so far for this season, they've been pretty glorious. So I, I uh, if we can you know, get into that conversation this season, you know, good things will hopefully follow suit and, and establish this program a little bit more long-term. But like, like you said, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Um, but for now, I'm just enjoying the season in a black box, not thinking about previous seasons, not even thinking about future seasons. So let's, let's just enjoy this ride because it's been a long time since we've been able to, to, be, to get on it. You know, you listen to Chip talk uh, this this past week, and he did a he did an interview with Greg McElroy for with with ESPN and such, and you know they they asked him about you know hey some of the plays are running you know that they they seem really innovative, um, they seem really unique. How did you come up with that? And you know I think over the last couple of weeks we've seen a different media personality at Chip, and and his answer kind of surprised me. And he's like you know. It's it was actually a lot of trial and error, and a lot of stuff didn't work, and 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 we can we we can some some things pop to our mind when he says that right like the four tight end formation, <laughs> right or all these like weird things that we've been trying for the past several years. It's like we've done all this, done all the trial and error to get to a point where it's like okay, like this stuff it works and it works well, uh, and if, hey if, if if that's what it was, great. Uh, and, and hopefully we can continue to get some results over here. 
I'll say this. Uh, all the talk about playoff and all that is fun. It's cute. I do want UCLA to be playing for the Pac-12 championship at this point um, in, in Vegas. I want us to be in Vegas uh, at the end of the year. Uh, just, just based on how these first six weeks have gone, like we talk about resetting expectations, right? At the beginning of the year, we were hoping we could get to nine and three. Now I want us to be playing for that in that game and and have a shot to win win the Pac-12, and I think below that is where I'll be disappointed. But and if we get above that, then you know what? That's amazing, and we would have won a championship. We would have won something solid. But I think it's totally achievable from here on out that to think that we will beat one of Oregon and SC. Um, and I'm with you about SC, right? I think they are, they are a good team. Uh, I do think they're beatable, especially you know, like on defense. I think they're similar to us. They have the 47th uh, rated defense right now, and they have a player that is currently the sack leader in the country. Um, like Tuli, I think it's Tuli, I don't I don't watch enough SC to know how to say his name, but he has seven sacks on the year. Uh, so funny that an SC and a UCLA player have one or one and two in sacks for the country. Um, but their rush defense is 84th right now. And so that's where I think they're completely gettable. And most teams that aren't even good at running, like Washington State is not a good running team, uh, was able to run with success against USC. Uh, and it hasn't mattered so far because they have such an explosive offense and they're playing with the lead. It's, it's similar to the dynamic that we're in right now, um, that they haven't been tested on that. So I think they're beatable. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, but I think it's it they, they are beatable, and I think it's doable that we go one and one between the remaining big games we have, and that would be enough to get us to Vegas and have a shot there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the Bruin battered syndrome in me is is telling me that we're gonna end up losing a dumb game to like ASU or. Cal or something but so that would be the challenge right because again we talked about this last week we've seen what the ceiling looks like and it's really high Utah is not a joke um to, to move the ball and have as many explosive plays as we did against them means that we could do it against everyone else again in this conference and so we've seen what the ceiling looks like what does our floor look like because we have seen we, the, the game against South Alabama did happen, and they are better, of course, than we think and whatnot. Um, but, again, Alabama State, that first half against Bowling Green, uh, South Alabama, they did happen. And so we need what, what's cru- crucial from here on out, and what we, I hope we use things like bye weeks and stuff for, is that there should just be a certain level that we are at no matter what every week. And we can rise that level. We can fall a little below it. We can't fall way below it. And if we do that... Um, then I think we're we're going to be set up very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, exciting stuff. Really, really fun uh, ride to be on so far. And uh, <laughs> didn't think we'd be talking about this uh, at this point in the season, but here we are, six and zero for the first time in forever. So just gonna keep 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 hoping and looking forward to next week. Um, it is nice to have a weekend off where it's like, hey, I don't need to worry about a game and have a stress-free non-football weekend where I can just watch, you know, 
the the chaos of other teams. Um, but switching gears a little bit, um, you know, basketball recruiting. Um, I know we've talked about Ege Demir, the international recruit from Turkey, potentially coming to UCLA. I don't think anything's set in stone yet, but it doesn't sound like it's um, good, and it sounds like the typical UCLA story of admissions potentially kind of shutting the door on this kid temporarily. Um, doesn't sound like he's going to get admitted in fall. There's a Sounds like there's a chance he might be admitted in winter, though. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it is what it is, I guess, at this point. Um, feels like the most UCLA thing of all time to happen. Um, but yeah, and we, and we don't know what it is, right? We know that it, it's it's just all we know is that they're not admitting him right now uh, for the fall quarter because he's some requirements out there. We don't know what the details of, of all that are. Um, what is I think a part of the you know reporting on this is also that you know Mick and you know the staff they're frustrated with this. Uh, they don't from their side. They don't believe that this was a case that was warranted uh, to deny admission to a player. It seems like uh, they they feel pretty strongly about that, uh, and that doesn't sound very good uh, because you know obviously we want to keep our coach for as long as we can, and we want to make sure that he's happy with all that. And also we w- want to put ourselves in you know uncompetitive situations with this stuff. Uh, We've admitted foreign players before. Uh, our women's team has a lot of foreign players that get admitted uh, this this past year and in years past before that. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's. Uh, well, we just got a foreign player committed and admitted with Sanka. Yeah, just a couple months ago so, for so the I, men's team. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. In other news, uh, we got Ron Holland visiting unofficially on his own dime to come and visit see practice today he was there today he was here he was there today uh yeah so this looks like it'll be an exciting end to the high school recruiting season uh for ucla Uh, hopefully you know between ron holland and andre soryakovich we can close one of them um if we can close both both. if he could if he could close both then i mean that's a top five class uh and that would and it, and what would be really good about it is it would be a top five class where everyone knows exactly what they're getting into. Um, you know, there was no babying. There was no, you know, schmoozing of anything. Uh, everyone knows exactly what they're signing up for with Mick Cronin's program if, they, if, if it is to go this way. Um, I'd be fine if just one of them happened and then we can go hunting for internationals and transfers. Uh, I'd be totally fine with that. But if we can get that done uh, and get a top five class... Hey, uh, you know, power to Mick. Yeah, I mean, I think this shows you, you know, people are like, oh, give up on the recruitment. You know, why are we wasting time on Holland, et cetera, et cetera. This just goes to show you, like, there's a reason why these these recruiters and these coaches stay on kids. Like, there's a, if they recognize there's a potential chance of getting them, they're going to go after it. And it's paying off here. You know, Mick, to his credit, has stayed on Holland. The coaching staff has clearly stayed with Holland in communication, you know, trying to get him to come. And whatever the pitch has been to him, it's been strong enough to where he is coming halfway across the country on his own dime to actually come watch practice. 
Um, and to me, that's a great sign of a kid who actually would fit into Mick Cronin's program and Mick Cronin's system really well. Um, it shows me this kid is worried and concerned more so with development and um, actual basketball rather than kind of the other stuff surrounding, you know, recruiting. So I think that he's doing his due diligence is a really good thing for us. I, from everybody that you hear talking about Mick Cronin's practice, they all rave about it from a development and preparation standpoint. I mean, you just hear about how efficient it is and how detail-oriented it is and just the it's supposed to be an incredible practice. So you know, for a kid to come out there and to be able to hopefully see that in person, um, it seems like, a, especially since it's something important to him, I think gives us a, a puncher's chance here. Um, especially going up against a, a Texas, which, you know, Texas basketball is... I don't know. I don't know what Texas basketball is. Like, non-existent. <laughs> like... I, I don't know, who knows? Um, Arkansas is obviously the hometown favorite for him, but I, I I think if the kid really values that those those aspects, the development, the preparation piece, I think it feels like a no brainer. I'm obviously biased, but it's a good sign that we we have the kid on campus, and we'll see what happens here. Yeah, Mick. Uh, very recently, in in the first media availability uh, of the preseason here uh, he addressed this and he said you know when, when we talk to players uh, you know if you're going to be here only for a year or two years uh, you, you've got to be able to impact winning uh, while you are here at UCLA and if you're looking for a place where you can just come on uh, you know showcase your talent dribble the ball for 30 seconds every play and then enter your name in the draft then this isn't for you and he you know he's never been shy to say it and I think with this class, it looks like we're filtering down to those kind of players. And uh, you know, again, we'll see. We'll see where it all all closes out. But, but you know, good, good on you, Mick. Yeah. Um, so we will we will see. Um, I know there's there's a couple of uh, other potential recruits for you know the twenty twenty four class that have been. Looking good for us. Um, I won't even go into that yet, but um, yeah, exciting stuff. We'll see where this all shakes out, but you know we're kind of getting to the tail end of the recruiting season here, um, so we'll see what we got. The we actual get. season coming up. I know, I know. We do have the actual season coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So practice has started. Practice has started, so we'll have to talk basketball previews uh in in short order here in short order and um yeah it's um it's right around the corner and it's that that magical time of year where there's going to be a couple weeks of overlap um, with bas basketball and football going so um can't can't wait you know what's really crazy i'm just looking at the schedule right now uh so we play the tournament in Vegas, and we play Illinois the first game, and that's on the 18th. We'll play SC on the 19th, and you know, hope let's let's say if we were to have won that game, then we were probably going to be playing Baylor on the 20th 
And if we <laughs> lose uh, that game, then we're going to be playing Virginia, most likely, on the 20th. So uh, that's going to be an action-packed sports weekend for UCLA. Oh, buckle in, folks. There, there could be a lot of tears or a lot of excitement. We will, uh, we'll find out in a few short weeks. All right. Cool. Uh, I think that's all we have for you today. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, um, anticipation uh, of the Oregon game. Uh, we'll go into that deeper, but for now, uh, we will go ahead and sign off and go Bruins. Go Bruins.